93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. Uh, very pleased to welcome to the Eagle Studios, Connie Leppard. I've known Connie for many years. Uh, great to have you, Connie. Well, thank you for asking me to be here today, Fred. Of course, uh, people have been seeing your uh, name and face on billboards and trailers and uh, all kinds of things around town lately. But I, I want to really start off by talking. Uh, this is a show that we do for CEOs in the community. And I want to talk about your involvement in business and uh, your involvement as the president president of the National Association of Women in Construction, a national organization. And uh, But first, let's talk about your background. Where'd you grow up? I grew up most of my life here in Boone County. Mm-hmm. My dad figured out uh, about between my fifth and sixth grade year that he didn't want to be a farmer in Cooper County. So mm. we headed over the uh, river into Boone County. I, I grew up in Midway area, mm-hmm. so I was a Midway Heights kid and yeah. went to Hickman High School. So yeah. I'm very much blue-collar background. We lived in, I, I'm the oldest of six children. Wow. And so we lived in a little bitty house with little bitty bedrooms, four bedrooms, and one bathroom. And yeah. my poor brother had five sisters to contend with. So Yeah, that's and that was in the Trails West subdivision. That's Is that right. right? Yeah. Trails West subdivision. Uh, and right. how's your brother's therapy coming along? Is he's, he doing okay? He's doing great. Great. He loves being the only boy, I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> so uh, I've met one of your sisters. She's mm-hmm. married to one of the commissioners in Callaway County, yes. uh, Randy Kleindienst, mm-hmm. and, and uh, good people, yes. great people. Yes. So, um, well, you um, uh, you and your husband own a business called Quality Drywall, and uh, uh, that particular business has put you in a lot of businesses in, in this town over the years. Yes. Tell us about Quality Drywall. Mike and I started the company shortly after we were married. Uh, he grew up in the construction industry. He was a drywall finisher. Uh, when he graduated from high school, was a journeyman finisher. So, mm-hmm. grew up in the trade. I did. Now his dad was Jesse, right? right. And he was pretty well known around yes, town. Well, too. he was yeah. pretty well known around town too. Yeah. Just blue collar workers. Mike and I decided early on that we wanted to grow our company. Of course, that made me be the one for a while to have a second job. Yeah. So I worked at State Farm insurance for many years mm-hmm. in the accounting department so that's where so i was doing two two jobs and he was doing the work of two people yeah. as well and so we grew our company from homegrown roots uh, local just hanging and finishing doing residential moved into apartments larger apartments tear properties over off ashland gravel mm-hmm. road then into the commercial market where we started working in the Columbia Mall, we did the um, the service corridors and the food courts. Expanded from that, did about fifty of the small stores within the the wow. original. That goes back to the nineteen eighties. That's correct. Yeah. So we started out in, the, in doing that metal framing, drywall, acoustical ceilings. Still doing that today. Yeah. 
on uh, projects. The notable projects we're finishing up right now would be the Boone Electric Headquarters. We finished up the Alpha Phi Sorority before this, this fall uh, school year started for yeah. the young ladies in that. That was the Miracle Project. Uh, it actually it was. was ready when they came back yes, to campus, which I think a lot so of it, us were looking at it. Yes. My sister-in-law happens to be the house mom there, mm-hmm. and so we were watching it pretty closely, trying yes. to, but uh, but uh, that was a pretty amazing, fast project. It was. It was a great project, and it's very nice yeah. for the for the young ladies living there. So, yeah. so you really have grown one heck of a business. I mean, it's a, can you talk a little bit about size and scope of the business in terms of at what point did you have uh, how many employees? Well, we've worked up to, we've, we've had up to 50, 60 employees at times. It depends on the type, the amount of work we have on, on schedule, on our schedule. We've got several smaller subcontractors that help us out as well, but mm-hmm. we typically have a crew of about 25 people working so we that's our stable crew yeah and so we work really hard to meet the schedule of our clients it's yeah. so important and teamwork is absolutely critical on a construction site you have competing interests obviously a lot of trades trying to get done at the same time sometimes so we really have to work a lot on our coordination mm-hmm. with the other trades on the project and we are our guys are really good at what they do and very committed to getting the job done on time. So yeah. that's what we try to do. Owning a small business is, is very glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> I tell you what, if you're an owner, as you know, it's a, every day is a challenge. Every day is different. And I am, I, I do everything from sometimes at cleaning the surfaces during COVID yep. to being there at 530 in the morning to get all that started to yeah. being there at 10 o'clock at night, sometimes getting reports on time time and billing out on time mm-hmm. for the next day so you do everything yeah. so you are yeah. jack of all trades yeah for sure yeah uh, you don't uh, there's not a lot of uh nights where you don't sleep in the fetal position but it's also uh, <laughs> kind of a um in addition to this at one point you were still going getting up every morning going to work at state farm on top of everything else so that's, yes yeah. that's, that's just part of what you do when you uh, you know we mike and i laugh about it you know we started out with a thousand bucks in a truck payment you yeah. know that's just what you do yeah. when you you come from blue collar background and you're on your own early yeah. so we we did that and we did it together and we were blessed in a lot of ways and we just worked hard that's, yeah that's what i love when a small business owner decides that they want to get involved in local government and they uh, walk away from their businesses to really uh, uh, very unselfishly uh, go to work for the people of a county or, or a city like like you have agreed to do or you're, you're hoping to do. Um, it's it, They come in with such a perspective, such a work ethic, um, and uh, it's, it's sort of a shock to the system when you're uh, working in a building with a bunch of politicians and you're like, are you kidding me? This is you know, this is how I got here. You know what I mean. And so we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But you were elected uh, mm-hmm. president of a national association, the National Association of Women in Construction. Tell us about that organization. Well, uh, NAWIC, as as I call it, National Association of Women in Construction, NAWIC is a an organization that represents women in all facets of the construction industry. So you will have owners, architects, engineers, tradeswomen in the field, insurance brokers, just anyone affected within the industry, any part of the industry, women coming together because we have a belief that the best 
thing for the industry right now is diversity. Mm-hmm. And this has been, I've been part of the organization for more than 25 years. So before it was the cool thing to do to talk about diversity, our organization was doing that because yeah. we could see the future of construction needing a diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. So I just started attending those meetings as a personal growth, you would say. And mm-hmm. I learned so much about the industry, connected with women across the country. It's a small community yeah. here in Boone County. And, and when you're trying to run a construction company, if you run into an issue, it's almost like if you get advice about dealing with an issue, you're talking about family. So mm-hmm. it's great to have those resources across the country where you can make a phone call, say, hey, I give me some advice on this particular problem I may be having. So it was just a great resource for me as a company owner. And then I just took it to that next level. I just, I just began developing the leadership skills, the confidence I needed to be in a male dominated industry as, as I was transitioning from in the office to project management estimating in the field. So mm-hmm. it was just a great resource for me as a, as a owner. You just get, but you know, the bug kind of, to you that you really need to help the industry as a whole and women in it and so i became committed to do that i was elected uh, on the national board in 2010 as a regional director for the midwest region and moved up throughout the executive committee ladders until i and then i landed as the nawick national president which was a very big honor it's a and I represented women from across the country, from every ideology you can imagine. But mm-hmm. we came together. And one of the things that I really have done for NAWIC is I, it was a 62-year association when I became president. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of modernization that needed to be done within our process, revitalization of our our association and i laid the groundwork for that to be done and it continues on today yeah so it's still a male dominated business uh how how are we doing though in terms of uh, have you seen any shift in trend in terms of women becoming more active uh, women ownership in the construction companies what what types of trends are you seeing there definitely are more we're just still not enough we're around nine mm-hmm. percent of the industry um, we struggle getting above that. I will say the influence of women in the industry, if the numbers haven't grown, the influence is definitely there. Yeah. Construction pays dollar for dollar on average the highest among any other industry between women women and men wages. So mm-hmm. that's just a real draw. Yeah. More and more women are entering into the field and trades because they're able to they're finding they're able to make such good money yeah becoming a trade yeah. woman so it's just becoming more appealing to more women as they want to lay the groundwork for for raising their families and having a really good living wage for yeah. doing that it, it's uh, i've seen you in action so i know that you can hold your own you're not exactly a shrinking violet uh but uh what what do women bring to the job site that maybe uh, is, makes it a positive addition to the website. What do women bring that maybe men don't bring to the website? Well, uh, th- to the work site. Well, I think we, I I hate to differentiate it that way. I just say sometimes women see through a different lens than a guy will. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can recall on some projects I've been on that. A designer may come up with an idea for, you know, a sprinkler system to come from at a certain point in the closet 
in a facility that will house a lot of college students. I'm like, do you realize that we'll have a hanger on it within yeah. <laughs> five yeah. minutes of yeah. this this being opened up and yeah. it might cause an issue? You know, there's just some things that you just look at a little differently, maybe yeah. from a woman's viewpoint. But women are great um, organizers and mm-hmm. connecting the dots uh, and being able the to details. work the details and scheduling. And so there's just a different... I, I don't. I, we work together well. I mm-hmm. think very well when you bring those certain skill sets together, and that's just something that women typically can kind of see a little further down the road. I like to lay things out further than than some of the guys do, and yeah. so I want to know how this is going to fit in the picture a month or six weeks from now, and 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 that's what I that's what I really. I was able to do that very well on projects I worked on. This is a show that is uh, created and and produced every week for uh, business leaders in our community. Uh, Give give them a perspective on how the local construction industry is doing right now. Right now, the biggest struggles that construction companies are having is supply chain issues obviously there's we're still having issues with certain parts and pieces of projects that need to be in place by a certain time and it's just not available Mm -hmm. pricing is still an issue we were experiencing unprecedented inflation before it really became a national news item or even a local news item i literally had uh, proposals that had a 24-hour period of time before people to, for our clients to be able to accept in order f- for me to lock in prices, wow. then having to order the price, the the uh, materials and pay for them in order to be here on mm-hmm. time and and at the price that was quoted. It was just incredibly difficult the last couple of years. So when we were hearing that inflation was transitory, I, I could have told you there is no way because our industry was being hit tremendously hard by yeah. by that. So that's an issue. Workforce still an issue. Yeah. We just don't have enough workers in our industry and it's just really difficult. People that put up drywall make pretty good money, don't they? They do. They make really good money. One thing that I always tell young folks when they're considering uh, career paths, construction trades is something, even if you don't stick with it, you will never be you will never be sorry to to learn a trade because it will it will stay with you for for your life. There's just so many ways you can utilize that for your own personal um, for what you want to do personally, as well as expand on a career that you might want to have your own business at some point in time. Yeah. So, so those opportunities are always there. Yeah. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of supply chain or workforce development? Workforce development is an ongoing issue. I'm hoping that the Rankin, uh, um, Rankin uh, school coming into Boone County is going to help that. I'm hoping we really need that workforce on starting at the high school level so that our young people understand some of the great uh, career paths that are in construction. Yeah. So you were uh, very active in, in matching up the folks from Rankin with the contractors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Builders Association, to sort of get them involved in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you satisfied with the way things are going there? We actually have a meeting scheduled um, um, very soon. My schedule right now is like crazy, <laughs> but I do have a meeting scheduled um, next week that we'll be discussing that very thing. So yeah, good. Yeah, I so. drove by the other day and I noticed that uh, the walls are going up at Rankin and and uh, I mean it's actually going to happen. I yes. think this has been a dream in a lot of people's mind in Southern Boone County for 7 or 8 years but but the walls are going up and it won't be long before uh People are being trained uh, to do drywall right. and uh, electrical work and HVAC and all kinds of things. So, real boost for Boone County. So, uh, thank you for the role that you played in, in helping make that a reality. 
We are visiting with Connie Leopard, who is a candidate for uh, presiding commissioner here in Boone County. We're going to find out why on earth uh, somebody would want to leave a very successful business uh, and uh, spend their days in the Boone County Government Center and uh, put their, their hat in the ring. Uh, we'll find out all about that from Connie uh, Leopard when we come back from this break. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable Show. This is 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Uh, we are visiting with Connie Leopard, who is uh, the co-owner of uh, Quality Drywall uh, Construction here in Columbia former president of the National Association of Women in Construction, and I want to switch during this segment and, and talk about uh, something that you have decided to do. You have thrown your hat in the ring uh, to uh, run uh, for the presiding commissioner seat for Boone County. Um, why on earth would you want to do such a thing? Well, I have to tell you, it was uh, it was a long decision for me to, to think about it and actually uh, pull the trigger on sticking my name in the in the hat throwing my name in that but i will tell you it really started during covid um there was just so many challenges i felt that our children i serve on the children's services board of boone county which is a commission appointed position my own business business my employees and their families it was such a struggle of what was happening around us and then I began to realize putting kind of putting the dots together connecting the dots that one of the things I think that really needs to happen within our county is that leadership of being out connected to the people understanding how decisions by the county affect our everyday life in so many ways Mm -hmm. People don't even really understand that. Right. And I, I seen it. I witnessed it. And I really wanted to become part of a solution. I'm at the part of my career to where my son and daughter-in-law are have been working with us for more than 10 years and have been taking more and more day-to-day responsibilities off of my husband and I. And the fact of the matter is for the next generation to be successful sometimes the first generation needs to take a step back Mm -hmm. get out of the way get out of the way and then if i'm there then my husband's going to be there and it just became a point where i realized and as well as the urging of several friends and past leaders within the the county and city of columbia that were like hey have you ever really thought about doing this Mm -hmm. have you thought about because of the skill set that i bring in construction as well as my executive leadership uh experience as well as my construction industry Mm -hmm. experience as you know fred there's a lot that has to do with infrastructure roads and bridges and that's all in my wheelhouse Uh, Mm -hmm. planning and zoning building codes it's something i work with every day Mm -hmm. so 
the skill set was there. The ability to do it was there. It's just a matter of do I want to put my family and myself through all the rigors of being a candidate and whatever may bring in that way because as you know there's a lot of things that can come your way that you don't even think about yeah. as as just from a business perspective stepping into the political fray is something i had to think about yeah. but i just decided you know what i can do this i would i know i would be a really hard worker and bring some really good ideas from the business background my background in construction to the table that would be good for the citizens of the county yeah. so i decided to just plunge in and do it i, I tell you what has impressed me is that you have really done your homework you actually attend county commission meetings and uh i cannot begin to tell you the number of people who have run for county office that have never attended a meeting they have no idea what they're getting into they have no idea what the commission does and that is something that you have found uh, i understand in knocking on doors you've mm-hmm. knocked on a lot of doors I'm over the last few months mm-hmm. people have no idea what the county commission does that's correct Does that trouble you? It does. And one of the things that I really want to address is engagement with Mm -hmm. the community. And I think a lot of the the sentiment is that people will come to the commission or come to the county when there's an issue. I don't understand that philosophy. I want to go to the people. I think informing them, letting them know what the commission does for them, what the issues are before the county, getting input from them. So I believe in engaging by going to them. I I believe I'm going to be, what I've told people, I'll be knocking on doors if I am elected to this position Mm -hmm. as the presiding commissioner. Because I think that's how you inform folks of what's happening within the county, how it affects them, and, and kind of tying those connections together so then when they do run into issues, they know who to contact. Yeah. So I, I just believe very strongly in that being invited to the commission meetings to speak on issues. Those are the things I think that is lacking within our county that I really want to address. Yeah. You made the decision uh, to run as a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it wasn't that big of a decision for you, but um, everybody knows that Republicans can't get elected in Boone County. So uh, what what were you thinking and, and uh, how do you plan to overcome that? Well, I have to tell you, I I'm coming from the construction background you know we're numbers people we 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 deal with a lot of numbers Mm -hmm. i actually had some help with my i have a um, one one of my daughters is a civil engineer they like data i have other friends that are that are data wonks and you when you actually do a deep dive into the the voters of boone county the the registered voters you will find that we have a lot more conservatives in this county than what you might expect they may not be republican by name That's but they're correct. conservative they're conservative yeah. lean conservative the issue or moderate. is or moderate mm-hmm. they are not voting for whatever reason the engagement is not there so that's one of the things that i found so i've been working really hard to get out and become engaged with those people at their activities at their community events knocking on their doors having conversations with them and i do believe i'm making a dent in that Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of getting out that vote yeah so i believe you can make a case we actually lean moderate to conservative Mm -hmm. as opposed to ultra liberal like you might believe i don't think that a lot of people in columbia and boone county knew what the county commission did until the county commission started shutting down their businesses a few years ago during covid and you know through the health director but i mean the county commission probably could have stopped that or could have at least slowed down that process or at least demanded uh that there be some uh criteria for the reason that we're shutting down businesses but uh i think there's this big void about well what does this county commission do and and why should i 
you know, get up from uh, uh, my soap operas and go vote. You know, so it's a, uh, it's really, it's, it's a shame, but uh, it's, it's critically important. W- one of the issues that you have talked about, and I've heard you talk about this, which really uh, has my attention, but you have talked about crime in Boone County. We have a really good and excellent sheriff's department yes. here in Boone County, but yes. uh, I think you have found in, in your research and in your study that it's severely understaffed. I, we have big public safety issues all around, and I think that is contributing to some of the crime that we're... Not that there's a... It's not anyone's fault in public safety that we have criminals that are doing whatever they do. It's just a matter of they're not being incarcerated and staying incarcerated. There's just a... It's a it's a very big issue and, and very person, concerning. The, the, the people that make that decision whether someone stays incarcerated is really the prosecutor's office. It's not the sheriff's department. And if you, the prosecutor, I believe, needs the resources that he needs to do his job. And so I think there's just a, for whatever reason, I haven't got to the exact reasons why, but I, you can see the symptoms of what's happening all around us. We need to make sure that the Sheriff Dwayne Carey and, and the new prosecutor has what he needs to do their jobs for our, our community, for the safety and public safety. The 911 center is another issue with public safety and the operators that we have working there. We just don't have enough workforce in those areas, I believe, that's contributing to the issues that we're seeing on Boone County streets right now. You are a numbers person. You get the numbers. Uh, when you look at the Boone County uh, operating budget, you see reserves in that 911 mm-hmm. center fund of almost $30 million. And uh, as a business person, you ask yourselves, well, why are we not hiring people? Why Why do we? Why are we so understaffed? And when, when we say understaffed, we're talking about 50% understaffed. Uh, we have half the number of 911 operators in that room that should be in there, that we have the money to put in there. And when you call, you might get put on hold, and you found that out yourself. Didn't I, you? I I found that out. Um, actually, during the pandemic, we uh, we lost my father-in-law. Mike's father passed away, and we had a, you know, it was really a difficult day for us. And I know that what the nine one one operator did for us that morning when when Jesse passed away, mm-hmm. and how they walked us through everything we needed to do, and and so I know the stress they go through from just that one call we had had that on that day well then fast forward a year later with my mother-in-law dealing with some uh, some health issues and we i had to call 911 for her and i was put on hold mm-hmm. and it happens and it's not because those folks in the in the 911 center aren't working hard there they are yeah. they just don't have enough and those there are barriers to that that i believe it's not a money issue as you know mm-hmm. we have the money there's a pay structure issue it's shift work so we have child care issues with shift workers here mm-hmm. in Boone County and I'm I won't speak about some of the things I'm working on in the background whether I get elected or not but the, the barriers that I have as a concerned citizen and candidate have identified I know some things that can be done that would be helpful it just amazes me that there's not an, more energy into solving the issue. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is a little surprising about county government, uh, and uh, it's not talked about, I don't know why, because uh, I think there's money uh, available to do these things, uh, but we need a bigger jail. And uh, there is a group that meets every two weeks, uh, some judges and other elected officials, and they get together and they, they kind of go through a list and they decide, 
who gets to stay in jail or who needs to stay in jail and who needs to come out. And we're making decisions about repeat offenders uh, based on the number of beds we have in the Boone County Jail. Rather than building a bigger jail, uh, we're basically um, allowing some repeat offenders out on the streets. And, and that is something that's very frustrating for Columbia police officers and Boone County Sheriff's deputies. You want to speak to that? Well, I would say it's it's a, not only is it uh, involved public safety and, and our safety is in jeopardy, but we had a very tragic example of that a couple of weeks ago when there was the young woman that was thrown over the the um, bridge, over, you mm-hmm. know, bridge mm-hmm. overpass. Mm-hmm. I think if you look into the history of the the person that committed that crime probably shouldn't have been on the street at all Mm -hmm. and those are the types of things that you deal with if you're not if you don't have the capacity to find the help that those people either that they need to be away from others if they're going to have commit violent acts like that and there was a pattern of that with that particular individual and it's we we know what's happening the statistics are there you are under the impression that the the Boone County prosecutor, uh, the new prosecutor is Roger Johnson, who mm-hmm. replaced Danny Knight. Uh, you're under the impression that the prosecutor's office has in the past asked for additional prosecutors. There's a backlog of murder cases in Boone County. I think there's 30 murder cases that have not been tried. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, that's happened in Columbia, Moon County. All you have to do is, is turn on the news and you hear about the murders and the, the shootings and everything else that's happening. Um, but what's your current opinion about staff in the prosecutor's office? I just believe he needs to have the resources that he needs. I mean, obviously, there's issues. And I will say that I've had um, folks that have worked previously in the prosecutor's office that have reached out to me. There's a lot of uh, research I need to do on that issue right now. I will have to tell you that. I do believe that that is one of the areas that absolutely must be addressed. And I believe that the current prosecutor will will do that in steps. I know how it is when you have to we come into a new office and you're trying to get things back up to where they need to be for it's it's I know it will be take some time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no no question. It's it's a time issue, but I believe that by being engaged with the prosecutor, making sure that the commission supports what he needs to do his job is so very important. So what do the uh, the voters of Boone County, as they decide who they're going to vote for on November 8th, what do they need to know about uh, the fiscal affairs of the county? I, one thing that I'm really wanting to uh, I talk about a lot is transparency. I just believe we need to be much more engaged with the community and transparent. As you know, we have $35 million in ARPA funding that has been given to us by the federal government. Obviously, I believe my grandchildren will probably be paying that bill more than likely. It's not free money. We know we all pay for that in taxpayer dollars. So one of the issues that I believe that we really need to make sure that there's a transparent process on how that money will be spent and as i as i've been attending the commission meetings there's very little discussion about it and i believe that needs to change so mm-hmm. i i believe in transparency yeah. and that's one of the issues that is it's just one something i think people get into a, as you know in in whatever whatever building that you're in if you're there for a time things become comfortable and the same.
We are visiting with Connie Leopard, who is uh, the owner of Quality Drywall Construction here in Columbia, the former president of the National Association of Women in Construction. Uh, involved in a lot of things in our community. She has recently decided uh, that she is actually she's in the 11th hour running for presiding commissioner of Boone County. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. We'll talk a little bit about uh, this uh, American Rescue Plan funding and, and how that's being used in the process there. But uh, And we're going to ask her why Eagle, vote, or Eagle voters should show up and vote for uh, Connie Leopard on, on November 8th. All of that's coming up uh, on the CEO Roundtable. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Visiting with Connie Leppert, the owner of Quality Drywall Construction, former president of the National Association of Women in Construction, and a candidate for Boone County Presiding Commissioner. That election is coming up on Tuesday, November 8th. Uh, when does voting start? Because we we do have n- no excuse absentee voting, right? I mean, is that that's something that you can get in and do right away, I think. Is that correct? It is. I believe it starts. It's already starting, yeah. actually. It's so already this week. What that means is that you really don't have to have an excuse <laughs> to absentee vote and uh, just go down to the Boone County Government Center and uh, uh, cast your vote. So, um and if you think there's, for any reason, if you think you're close to death or if you think that uh, something else is uh, going to uh, get in your way between now and November, go vote now. So uh, let your vote be counted. Um, this American Rescue Plan funding, Boone County got $35 million. The city of Columbia got $25 million. Uh, a lot of people have in Columbia have really voiced an interest in that money because it at $60 million combined. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really transformational money. It's money that really could change our community for generations. And, uh, you know, I, I think there had been some hope that more of this money would be used for home ownership, uh, building homes, uh, boarding, building affordable housing uh, and so forth. But um, the interesting difference between the city and the county is that the city has been. Uh, and the city, I, I, you know, it's not very often you can say that the city is more transparent than the county, but, but the city has actually invited people to come in and make, um, comments, make pitches for how that money should be spent. We haven't heard that from the county. Um, what, what, uh, what, what is your reaction to that? That's one of the issues that I have on transparency. I am a firm believer that that engagement process needs to go to the people. Mm-hmm. Once again, you need to go to Centralia and to Hallsville and to Hartsburg and to Ashland and Harrisburg and speak with the folks. Talk to them about where the money came from, what it is, the transformational uh, portion that you're talking about. What is their ideas on it before the commission starts doling this money out to so many different people i mean there's great causes that are coming in asking for the money but we also need to make sure that we engage the whole of the county and not just smaller groups within it that's my opinion and what i would bring to the county as an idea that we need to do i don't i don't want to drag you into the middle of this debate but you know one of the things that i have a burr under my saddle about is there's there's been some talk about this uh, hundred bed um, homeless shelter that they want to build in front of the historic uh, bowling mansion on Business Loop seventy, and and I guess that what's interesting is that I read in the newspapers accounts uh, that the county's going to give three million dollars, the city's going to give three million dollars, and uh, the county and the city are going to contribute you know a couple hundred thousand dollars every year to keep this thing running. But what's shocking to me is that there has been there's no public record 
of that conversation. When did the commission decide that they were going to give $3 million to this homeless shelter? Uh, there has not been any discussion uh, in a public forum about that decision to do that. So, you know, in my mind, uh, this type of, of uh, and I have been very vocal about uh, my concerns with this homeless shelter, you have to treat the drug addiction, the, the substance abuse problems, uh, before you try to uh, house a homeless population. Uh, if we don't take care of those social issues, if we don't take care of the addiction issues, the mental health problems, you're wasting your time. But th- that's Fred Perry's opinion, not yours. Uh, but I, I think that it, that y- what you say about transparency is a major concern and it is something that affects each and every one of us. Who are you running against, uh, in this election? Tell us about your opponent. My opponent is Kip Kendrick. He's a former state rep, uh, from, for this, for his district that he he resigned from that district i will say that that's something that has been an issue as i've been knocking on doors i've had people bring it up to me not happy with that situation so 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 he he was a i don't remember what district that was but it's central city columbia it's a very liberal uh a high percentage of uh you know african-american voters uh it is it's a it is a uh a an issue that it is a district that skews Democratic very heavily every time there's an election. Right. And so he was he's, he's been elected a couple times, uh, I think, unopposed at least once was unopposed again the last time. But he knew before he was before Election Day that he was going to resign from that position. Um, and so he resigned uh after um two weeks after the election and that forced uh the citizens of boot county to pay for a special election uh that cost almost eighteen thousand dollars right that's that's correct and i would say that that's one of the things that as you're as i've been knocking on doors one of the big issues with with voters right now they're sick of politics Mm -hmm. they're sick of both sides (laughs) right they're sick of politics in general because it's so divisive and so disappointing to them and Mm -hmm. that's where the transparency that's where the legal and fiduciary responsibility uh, training that i receive through my nawick affiliation is so important to me because i understand trust the public trust you're you're dealing with taxpayer dollars that are not your own your your time is not your own when you're an elected official Mm -hmm. you're the way you handle your job, the way you deal with people, the transparency part of that job is so important in building public trust. That's where I have a real issue with what's going on within our our government structure right now is there is so many places where that transparency needs to be upfront, shine a light on what's happening. Not that there's anything bad or terrible going on, but that builds trust in people to mm-hmm. see that. So when you have a public official that knows that they're not going to fulfill the duties of what they were on the ballot to do, it's if you need to make a decision like that for your family, there is no, there is zero in my mind. Your family always comes first. Mm-hmm. So I but understand. But this was about money. Well, he says it was about his family. I'll let you make that, that, you know, connection. He did say that as well, but I get that. If that's the decision you need to make for your family, then be upfront with the voters and tell them before the election yeah. because that's the transparency. That's where you really, in my mind, breached the public trust when you do that. And it's a hard thing to say, 
But the, I'm running against that right now. I have people that are like, are you going to stay? If we elect you, will you stay in office because you're a business owner? What is your commitment going to be to the, the community? So I'm being asked those questions as well. So it's not like I'm putting myself in any different spot than my opponent. I have to answer that question and answer it honestly and truthfully. But when Skip Hendrick gave the reason for why he was stepping away from his seat, uh, one of the things he, he said when saying he had to do what's best for his family, he did immediately mention that the salary was only $37,000 a year. That's that's correct. I mean, he did make that statement, and that is on the public record. All right. I, it, and he made a lot more money working as the chief of staff for this uh, senator from Kansas City. That's correct. That's what he made that comment, and that is on the public record as well. My focus on the whole thing is that we as as candidates for this office need to be honest and transparent with what our intentions are, why we're running, what we're going to do when they we get there. And my question is, if you have a, a, a candidate that has already not been truthful with the voters before when, you know, faced with the situation, what else are you going to hide down the road? Mm-hmm. It's just a real issue for me and what I'm running up against talking to people because I'm being asked the same question. So it's about integrity. Yes, people don't trust people in politics anymore. So when you're knocking on a person's door, that question is being asked of me. Are you worried that uh, should, for some reason, uh, Skip Kendrick gets uh, uh, elected to uh, the Boone County Commission that uh, he might not serve the full term? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I honestly, I have no comment on it. I have no idea. All I can do is is vouch for myself. I mean, a lot of people in Boone County would like to see him be the next governor of Missouri. You I, know? I've heard that. I've, I've, I have heard that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, the other, uh, the thing that I want to just sort of, I want to just maybe talk about you and... Um, what are you willing to do for the citizens of Boone County if they if they entrust their vote in you on November eighth? What 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 kind of promises can you make them right now? Right now, I can tell you that I will work extremely hard every day for the citizens of the county and engage with them in the process of everything I do within that office because that's what they deserve. There's a lot of things I know that need to be attended to, but it would be wrong for me to say that I can walk into that building on day one and affect change because you know you're working with two other people. So I have to gain the credibility of others that I'm working with, dive into the issues, research the issues, engage the voters, ask people to come in, ask the citizens of the county to come into and start engaging in the process, what's happening here, and let their voices be heard because they will be much more... I think our citizens will be much more um, persuasive to those that are already sitting in those other two seats within the commission so that we can really start tackling some of these issues that need to be on the front burner. I will not allow these issues that we talked about today to not be on the front burner because it's so important. And it will build trust within our community. And I really think we're all fighting a negative uh, outlook that people have on politics in general and i think people have just really checked out from voting because of it yeah there is not a single elected republican mm-hmm. in the boone county government center today uh dustin stanton is a republican treasurer but he was appointed by governor parson to fill tom darrell's seat uh the two other um uh commissioners are both democrats they're going to be there for at least another two years uh 
Does that concern you uh, that that every single other person in that building is is uh, of of the same party, a different party? I'm going to tell you that I have not had a problem working with anyone from any every ideology imaginable. I work well with people. I find a way to bring forward ideas that need to be addressed in a way that. If I get shot down, I'm still doing my job by bringing the issues to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I will be talking to the community about that. Community pressure needs to come before the commission Mm -hmm. to start dealing with that issue. As well as we need a press uh, uh, to hold our feet accountable yeah, that's and a problem. that is we need that that's yeah. part of the missing piece that is in our society right now that press that's in there that fair and reporting on hard news issues that's happening within our county government i would welcome that scrutiny because i think that's what needs to happen yeah it is um uh one of the things that i i think is unusual this time around uh, and i can't think in the last 30 or 40 years that we've ever had this opportunity but there are actually there's a chance to elect four republicans uh to county government in this one election cycle which is uh, unusual you know you have uh, jason gibson for auditor uh you have uh dustin stanton for treasurer uh shaman jones for recorder and connie leopard for commission and so it's uh i mean it really could be a sea change year if people get out and vote we need people to get out and vote and yeah. that's why I'm trying to encourage folks, no matter what, give us a shot. Give us a chance. Let us do some work on the transparency issues. Let us work to gain your trust and connect with you. And that's what I plan on doing. All right. So, that's the voice of Connie Leppard, candidate for Boone County's presiding commissioner. Connie, thank you for joining us. Great to have you on the CEO Roundtable. We'll be back next week with another stellar edition of the CEO Roundtable. For now, you're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city and I love